On today's episode, it's another solo episode, but I want to dive into the main advantages and disadvantages of IRAs versus 401ks. We're going to get into the pros and cons of them. And also from a high level, why you may want to consider one versus the other and how to decide if you want to take the tax advantage now or wait until later. Um, But we're going to get into all of that and also dispel some myths about whether or not uh, or but some of the myths in Wall Street about how your money is quote unquote locked up. So I hope you enjoy this episode and have a great day. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast about building and protecting wealth for online health and fitness coaches. Each episode, we're going to break down different topics in the areas of business, finance, and tax, and how they pertain to your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Pat Darby. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Um, today's podcast is going to be another solo podcast, but the, the main reason I want to do that is because we're at, I'm recording this at the end of December. So there's a few things you should be looking at for retirement planning. And I talked about a little bit on the last episode about tax planning. And I'd mentioned that it's, it was beyond the scope. It really needs its own episode. And quite frankly, you could do an episode on each of these types of plans that we'll discuss today. But the main purpose of today is to get you to understand the difference between an IRA and a 401k um, and the different options that exists inside of those two um, groups of themselves. Um, so the the plans that we're going to discuss today, I just want to say like this is not going to be a full tutorial because there's a lot of rules, limits, deadlines, tax implications, um, forms need to be filled out, things like that. Um, so if you, I'm going to help you narrow it down so that again, when you Google these things, um, they can tell you what they do, but you may not understand how to apply it to your situation, like why you might find one to be more advantageous than the other. Um, So hopefully this can either help you narrow your Google searching down or when you're talking to your financial professional or whomever, um, have a little more idea of what they're talking about. (laughs) And maybe if they're pushing one at you that that, uh, may not feel in alignment, um, this can maybe serve as helpful to you. So before we dive into what they are, um, let's talk about why. So like, why are we even using a retirement plan? The, the main component that most people talk about is the tax-free growth. So if you put money in a regular brokerage account, anytime you have a gain or a loss, there's tax implications on that on any given year. Again, if you sell it, um, let me make that clear. When you realize a gain or a loss, there's a tax implication along the way. Whereas inside of a retirement vehicle, and again, this might be really simple for some people, but I want to start at the beginning. So anyone listening um, that is brand new to trying to invest, um, I want this to be helpful for them as well. So tax regrowth gives you the ability to inside of these vehicles, and again, these are not in necessarily investment vehicles. These are Essentially, we should call them like tax vehicles because you can put a lot of different things in them. Wall Street 
let you believe that it's just stocks and bonds, but we'll talk about that later. That's a misconception, so file that away. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But so why are we doing it? It's one of the main advantages is tax-free growth. So what that means is, unlike in your bank account or what they call a brokerage account, anytime you transact, realize a gain, realize a loss, there's a tax implication along the way. Inside of a retirement vehicle, that is not the case. You can make a bunch of profit, sell it, buy something else, same thing. There's no tax implication for you until um, the, where the, the differences lie. Again, we're going to go into this, but the differences lie on whether you pay taxes when you put the money in or whether you pay taxes on the money coming out. So we'll talk about that more in a little bit. But the second major component, and again, I'm not a lawyer, so disclaimer on this, this is not legal advice. You must consult a lawyer in your area um, about this, what I'm about to say. There's some liability protection inside retirement vehicles that may or may not be talked about all the time, but it should be because uh, there's some creditor protections. So God forbid something happens and uh, you're sued by somebody, maybe you hurt someone by accident um, and there's a civil suit. Um, depending on your state, again, the li liability protections will vary, but your money that is sitting inside of an IRA or a 401k has legal protections to it. Um, I believe one of the famous cases um, was OJ Simpson. When all everything happened with him, um, I believe that when he lost a civil suit, he was not, they were not able to pierce through um, the 401 case um, uh, legal structure. So again, this is not legal advice. Don't take any of this as verifiable information from me. Talk to a lawyer. Um, and again, every state's going to have different liability protections. So those are the two main reasons why you might find a retirement plan appealing other than the fact that there's some tax advantages that we'll talk about, like strategically, whether you want to do it on the way in, on the way out, um, we're going to talk about that. So now here's some of the, the things that I, I've heard that people don't like about retirement plans, and that's that your money's locked up um, until you turn essentially 60. It's 59 and a half, but for simplicity on this podcast, we're going to talk about, um, let's just say age 60. <clears throat> so... That is partially true. I mean, there's there's some reasons. I'm not going to dive into the details, but there are ways that you can pull money out, like first-time home buyers, things like that. There are ways to avoid that 10% penalty when you pull the money out before retirement age. But I'm going to go on the concept here that you're going to hold this to retirement age because if you're building wealth, that's sort of the point. But what people don't like about that quote-unquote lockup that you can't access your money is because they think that they have extremely limited investment choices. Um, and that, now let me back up. That may be the case if you're working for somebody, but I believe most of my listeners at this point are fitness entrepreneurs. So you control your own destiny with these retirement plans. You run the business. Um, so for you listening, that is not the case. You have almost the entire investing world at your disposal inside of retirement accounts. You're not going to hear that very often because again, Wall Street wants you to put it into stocks and bonds because that's how they get paid. And they've done a good job of that because most large employers, they're going to give you a very small array of investment choices. Um, and quite frankly, I agree with that because the vast majority of people don't know what they're doing with investments. So I think it's a good rule that they say, okay, you can only give your employees 10 boring vanilla options. 
Um, because I think that helps people avoid taking um, uneducated risks. Because again, I don't care what you do with your investment risk if you know what you're doing. But if you have no idea what you're doing and you think you're making a smart decision, um, so I do like that side of protection. But that being said, for you fitness entrepreneurs, these plans have the ability, they call it self-directing. And again, you can look up that term. The amount of information you can find on it is is pretty extensive. But the long and short of it is whatever your your passions are and your education levels, or I shouldn't say education, but knowledge. Um, because again, investing is about knowing the risk. So if you're an expert in crypto, you know, it might be a lot less risk for you than someone, your next door neighbor who has no idea what they're doing, but they hear it's awesome. Um, and same thing with real estate. If you know what you're doing, how to find the properties, um, your risk inside of real estate is going to be a lot lower than, again, your next door neighbor who has no idea what they're doing. Um, so that being said, you can invest in these things inside of retirement vehicles. Um, again, you can do crypto in there. You can do real estate inside of them. You can even do private businesses inside of them. So again, if you're an entrepreneur and you know how to identify your friend's company, you're like, hey, I, I could help you grow your company. I would love to invest. Maybe you don't invest. Maybe your 401k does. Um, so, and this is a famous example now that got a little, uh, a little too much press, unfortunately, is one of the original founder, or not founders, one of the original investors in Facebook, Peter Thiel. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Thiel or Teal, um, he was he put his seed money from his Roth IRA into Facebook, and I think now it's worth like five billion. Um, and the Democrats don't like that because he's not going to pay any tax on that five billion, which is awesome for him, and quite frankly, awesome for all of us who want the ability to do just that. Um, again, identify an opportunity, and if you did it with the right tax strategy, then you get to reap the benefits and not get taxed. Um, so I'd say that to tell you that you have the, don't feel like even though the money is quote unquote, could be locked up until you're age 60. If that money is earmarked for investments, you still have the ability to invest with it. You may not be able to pull it out and, you know, go buy a car, but you have the ability to make investments much more extensively than you're going to hear on CNBC. So now before we got, get into the plans, let's talk about what I, I briefly mentioned before, which is you're going to pay taxes on the way in or on the way out. There's no, there's no free ride on these retirement plans, um, at least the ones I'm going to discuss. There, there is one that has a bit of a free ride, but that's for another day. Um, and I believe episode eight, I talk about that as well. So go back to episode eight if you want to hear about the one that has basically the free ride. Um, that's the HSA plans, but I don't want to uh, divest from what we were talking about. So you're going to pay what's called on the way in or on the way out. So it's pre-taxed or post-tax. So what that means is if you have pre-tax money, that's like your traditional IRA or most of what your 401ks are. So when you put the money in, you get a tax deduction. These are very popular because most people want to identify that to you as a benefit, you know, like your accountant, your financial advisor, they may be like, Hey, you get, you're going to be able to put in X thousands of dollars and that's going to be a tax write off. Um, and that may be extremely helpful to you. Um, again, I'm going to get into why you may want one or the other in a little bit, but 
that's pre-tax. You have the ability to get to pay taxes on the way out, not the way in. So you get a tax deduction on the way in. Then there's post-tax. And again, like the Roth IRA is, is pretty popular. People know you do not get a tax deduction. So you pay taxes on the way in. So they call it post-tax money. And then the money sits there. It grows. Hopefully it grows. Um, if you pick the right investments. Um, and then when you're over age 60, you have the ability to pull it out. And again, whatever the account's value is at that point, you don't pay taxes again. You already pay tax on the way in. That's called post-tax money because you've already paid the tax. Um, so again, there's advantages and disadvantages to both because if you're in an extremely... So here, here's the way you should look at it. If you're young and... Or maybe you're not young, but based on your income. But if you're not making that much money, because again, you could have just launched your business or... Maybe you just had a, a huge amount of staff come into your business because you're scaling. And so this particular year, you've had record low profits because, again, you're scaling. You might have an unprecedented low tax bracket for you personally. You know, like maybe you're used to making four or $500,000 a year in profit in your business, but this year you only made one hundred and fifty because, again, you let's say you uh, built your team out. Um, so when your accountant comes by and says, oh, you should, you know, like as usual, we're going to put your money into this 401k. There might be an advantage of saying, well, wait, I'm in a lower tax bracket than usual. Maybe I'll pay the tax today. And then you might consider the options that are post-tax. Um, and then conversely, if you're making multi-seven figures or even multi-six figures if you're single, um, you might be maxing out your tax brackets. And if you're listening to this in New York, New Jersey, or California, uh, pay close attention because, again, you're in states that have extremely high state income tax on top of your federal. Um, so if you're maxing out all your tax brackets, um, you might be sitting down with your accountant or your financial professional and saying, okay, how do I pay less tax? Especially if you're part of this movement that you're like, all right, I'm about to move to Nevada or Florida or Texas. Um, but for 2021, um, I want to pay as little tax as possible. And then next year, maybe I'll be okay with paying more tax because at least I'll alleviate myself from the state tax burden. Um, so then you would take the pre-tax ones where you get a tax deduction to put the money in. So those are the things you should look at because it's it's not um, black and white. Now, here's my personal take on where we are today in 21. Now, again, disclaimer, this is my opinion. I have no crystal ball where tax rates will go. No one even knows where they're going to be literally in 2022 because um, they're still talking about that right now. But here's, here's what I can tell you about history, um, which I think is – fascinating, but I'm a bit of a nerd, but maybe you'll find it fascinating too. So right now, the top tax bracket for all earners is 37%. So federally, so again, if your state taxes are going to change, but federally, the top tax bracket right now is 37%. So if you're single, um, you don't hit that tax bracket until you've made over $523,000. So half a million dollars, then you pay 37%. Now, whether you think that's high or low is up to you. But I'll tell you what it, it was in not that long ago. So in 1981, which again, it, it might feel like a long time ago for some people, but that's uh, unfortunately not too far away from my birth, birth year. So it feels very short to me. But in 1981, 
if you made the equivalent of $330,000 as a single individual, your tax rate was 70%. So just think about that. Like if you're making a million dollars a year, you are only getting to keep 30% of that. The rest goes to Uncle Sam. That was, again, that's not that long ago, 1981. Um, in today's day, again, so now it was, if you go and look that up, it's $108,000 was their 70% tax bracket. So I 330 is an inflation equivalent of that. So let me make sure I, I clarify that. Um, so again, back in 1981, if you made 108000 as a single individual, you had a 70% tax rate. And if you inflate that to today's dollars, that would be like making $330,000, again, paying 70%. So in today's day and age, if you make that same 330, you pay half of that, you pay 35%. So again, whether you agree or disagree with where the brackets are now, if you're like, oh, geez, that's high, 35 is high, maybe, but 39 years ago, um, or 40 years ago, almost. So that is much higher. So um, it would literally be double. And then taking it back another two decades from there. Um, and quite frankly, this is the stuff that I, I think needs to be emphasized. Because if you talk to, if you listen to certain extreme leftist Democrats, this is, I think, where they want us to go back to. And I'll tell you what it used to be. So it's not unheard of in the United States. In 1963, again, not that long ago. It feels long ago to me. So depending on how old you are and listening, that might feel like an eternity ago. But in 1963, the top tax bracket was 91%. Now, we live in a progressive tax system. So it's not like their first dollar gets hit at 91%. It's their last dollars that are getting hit. But let me give you the numbers. So Back then, it was 200 grand gets hit with that tax. So the equivalent of that would be $1.8 million today. So again, you might be saying to yourself, well, geez, that's a ton of money. But here's the problem. And, and here's what the United States ran into back then is that um, they found that they didn't collect more tax dollars. What they found is business owners stopped working. And that, in my opinion, that makes sense. And if you're listening to this, you're obviously, if or this is intriguing to you, you're probably of the mindset of, I'm trying to build something huge here. I need this to be, I'm trying to build an empire for myself, my friends, my family. So think of the, the logic of it, just, just for simple math. Let's say your business is running at a 33% profit margin. So for argument's sake, your business does a million dollars, you get about 300 like, $333,000 of profit. That's your personal income. So when they try to hit you with a 91% tax rate, let's say your business is already profiting you $2 million, again, just say. But in my opinion, people like you that are generating that kind of profit for yourself are phenomenal for these, this economy. Because like that's the, the Elon Musk of the world. Obviously, they're significantly higher than that. But they're the job creators. They're the innovators. They're the entrepreneurs that we want to do more things for us. Um, but think about the logic of that. If it went back to that, if you're running a 33% profit margin business, that means you would need to scale your business from, let's just say it's doing already 
um, whatever, it doesn't matter. Let's say you're making 2 million already just to make this math work. And you want to scale yourself to another million dollars of profit. To do that, using my example of 33% profit margin, you need $3 million of revenue. So again, an extra $3 million in revenue, it's going to be an extra million dollars for you if, you're, you know, if your profit margin stays the same. And for this example, it does. But in that whole scenario, again, we say you added $3 million of revenue, you, which meant you added $1 million of profit, which means Uncle Sam took 91% of that extra million. So you took all that effort, risk, headaches, adding $3 million of revenue to make $80,000 of profit for you personally. That's it. People don't do it like that defies logic. So obviously that tax bracket went away. But I say all this and it's obviously a little bit of a rant that I, I'm not in favor of overly taxing business owners um, because we're the ones out there creating jobs, spending money, you know, we're, there's in that $3 million, you got vendors, employees, a lot of people are, are making money along the way. Um, and that's good for the economy. But I tell you that to say that when you sit down to do tax planning, where you're at today might feel expensive, but you need to consider where we potentially could be down the road. Because right now we have extremely low tax brackets compared to history, not necessarily compared to your personal preference of paying less. I mean, obviously all of us would rather pay less taxes than more. Um, well, I guess some people like spending other people's tax dollars, but their own personal ones, they prefer to be lower. Um, so that's, that's the mindset I want to, I want to first bring up to you when I talk about the rest of this podcast about how you should think about it. Cause again, I, I talked about it last on the last podcast about tax planning, where it's like, it's not just about paying less taxes today. It's about paying less taxes over time. So if you lock in a tax bracket today and you're at the top tax bracket of 37% and then 30, 40 years from now, you're at a, the top tax bracket is just for argument's sake, let's say it's back at 70% or even it's 50%, whatever the case may be. Um, but you locked in the tax rates today. So that's just the, the logic of where I'm saying like it sometimes makes sense to um, strategically pay more with the strategy of paying less over a lifetime. So that being said, um, Let's talk about the two ones that we're talking about today, which is the IRA and the 401k. So we're going to start with the IRA. Um, the, the advantages there are that it's it's super simple. Depending on where you go, they're free to set up. Uh, well, most of them are free to set up, but the challenge is you can only put $6,000 in. If you're over 50, you can add another 1000 to that. But most of my listeners here, we're, we're talking about the $6,000 per year. Now you have two different choices, really three, but... I'll explain that in a second. So we're talking about an IRA, again, $6,000 contribution limit, but there's three types. You have your traditional IRA. Sorry, there's two types, but I'll explain. The one that most people know is the traditional IRA. So again, that's a pre-tax vehicle. So you have the ability to put money in and you're going to get a tax deduction on that six grand. Um, there's no income limit here, but... There's, there are some phase outs, so, but I'm not going to get into that because I'm not trying to give you the details on these. I want you to high level be like, okay, now I know I, I want to do one of these. 
let me make sure I do my homework to make sure I'm doing it right with my accountant or financial advisor, whoever. And then you have a Roth IRA. Now, this is the post-tax one. Again, most people know what this is. So you, you put your $6,000 in and you pay taxes on the way in. But when you pull the money out in four decades, you don't have to pay any tax on its growth, um, which is great. Because again, if you found a good investment like Peter Thiel did, it could be worth tens of millions of dollars or more and you don't pay tax on it. So again, like this might be something people are considering if they're doing crypto right now. Whatever you think about crypto, if your mindset is this thing is going to the moon, um, then you might want a vehicle where you pay the taxes now and you don't pay the taxes on the moon. So that's the the Roth IRA. Now here's the third one, which is sort of in the middle. It's considered it's considered in the traditional IRA family, but it's called a non-deductible IRA. Um, so again, this gets into where you can put money into an IRA if you're at a high income limit, but you don't get um, a tax deduction for it. So why that's helpful is with a Roth IRA, which I uh, we just discussed, the downside is if you make too much money, you can't invest in a Roth IRA. There's an income limit. So as I'm recording this in 2021, you cannot invest into a Roth IRA as a single individual if you've made over $140,000. So for most people listening, that's that means they're not going to be able to do this. So however, you can do that. Now again, I, I hope that I was I explained those simple enough. I think most people understand those. So now I'm going to get into something with, with a little bit of complexity. Um, and again, you can reach out to me if if you want more details on these. If you're like, hey, like I want to do this, but I don't understand it. Um, my Instagram's at Pat Darby Biz. But there's there's the ability to use a Roth IRA in what's a strategy called. If you want to Google this, it's called backdoor Roth IRA. And there, what you basically are saying if you want to use that strategy is I'm a high income earner. I don't qualify for a Roth IRA, but I heard there's a way I can put money into a Roth IRA. Roth IRA. And the way you do that is you basically put your money into what's what I just explained, the non-deductible IRA. And because again, there's no income limit there. And then you shift it into the Roth IRA via a conversion. Um, and again, I'm not going to give you the details on doing that because there's just certain steps. It's a loophole. So there's there's steps involved. It's not quote unquote super easy, but when you're using a tax loophole, obviously you have to jump through hoops. Um, but you have the ability to do that. As I'm recording this in mid-December 2021, um, the Democratic House put a bill out that's going to close this loophole. So if you're considering doing that, do it before December 31st of 2021 because that rule or loophole might be gone by January 1st. Um, so those are those are the, the IRAs. So again, to recap them briefly, you have your traditional IRA, which gives you a tax deduction on the way in. Your Roth IRA, which you pay taxes on the way in, but you don't pay taxes on the way out. And again, with your traditional IRA, I should, should mention in case it's, it's not implied, when you have your traditional IRA, when you get a tax deduction on the way in, when you pull the money out, you pay full taxation. So again, that's what, when I, when I talk about these tax brackets, that's what, where it really comes into it. Because, you know, right now, if you take a tax deduction at the 37% rate, you might feel like, all right, that's pretty good. Like I took a tax deduction and I'm, I'm in the top brackets. 
and then fast forward to your retirement years and you have no idea where the tax rates are. Like if they go back to 1981 rates, again, I don't know. You don't know. It's possible. Um, if it goes back to that, you're pulling your money out in retirement at 70% tax rates. Now, again, people will say that in retirement, you're going to be in your lowest income brackets of your life. And for most people, especially entrepreneurs, that's just not the case because you're out there buying assets. You're going to own real estate that's going to be cash flowing. You're going to have huge portfolios in theory with either crypto or stocks and bonds, whatever it is. But it's very conceivable that all of your assets are yielding you hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in dividends, interest, you know, as you buy and sell things, um, there's going to be huge gains. Again, if you sell a property and you're not 1031 exchange, whatever it is, but in retirement, they tell you that you're going to be in your lowest income brackets, but most people aren't, especially because you're living longer. So you, there's no guarantee that you're going to have a lower income bracket in retirement. So, so again, that, that's why the strategy might be like, well, Maybe I strategically pay the taxes now. That's up to you to decide with your accountant or your financial advisor. But that's just food for thought of why what Wall Street has always told you is probably not going to be the case for you if you're if you're looking to have, quote unquote, a lot of money and build extreme wealth, which again, most people listening to this, these are tactics that people are looking to optimize their finances. So they're not just trying to have a comfortable retirement. They're trying to build an empire. They want to sell their business you know, you want to sell your fitness business at the end of the road. So you have your personal assets and your business assets. So those are the IRAs, um, free or extremely cheap to, to operate. Now let's move into the 401k. So for most people, there there is the option of the solo 401k. There's also other 401k plans. Again, there's all of these things. There's a lot of shapes, sizes that we're not even going to get into today. But if you have employees, you can't use a solo 401k. Um, then there's other things you should get into, like look up uh, a safe harbor plan, but have someone hire somebody. Again, there's a lot of providers out there of these plans. Get someone who knows exactly how to run these because there's a lot of documentation. You have to notify your client, uh, your staff about what you're doing. There's time frames on how soon you have to do that. There's a lot. Again, having 401k plans with staff are would be its own podcast. Um, but I want to give you the idea of a 401k from a very high level. And we're really going to talk more about the solo 401k. Um, so the 401ks operate very similar to the IRAs that we discussed. There's the pre-tax and the post-tax. So in 2021, as I'm recording this, you can put 19500 into a 401k, which again, versus the IRA, you can only do six. So now you can do 19.5. Um, there's a catch-up provision of 6,500, but again, I don't think that's going to apply to most people listening here um, that are under 50. So with a traditional 401k, that 19,500 from your your business profits or your employee wages, depending on if you're um, an S-corp or not, um, that's a tax deduction. Same thing with a, like a Roth IRA. You can have a Roth 401k. So what I like about that is this is the other way around that Roth IRA income limit is there's no limit if you're using the Roth 401k. So you can put that 19500 in again, the contribution limit, but there's no income limit. So if your salary in your business is a million dollars, you can still use the Roth, which I like that 
I think that's fantastic. Um, and then on side, inside of the 401ks, you actually have a total amount of contribution limits of 58000 as of 2021, which gives it a lot more potency than the traditional IRA or the IRA because if you're making a lot of money and you're you're looking to save you know over fifty thousand dollars a year close to sixty thousand dollars a year the 401k is going to give you that ability um, and there's just three components to a 401k now this might get confusing and I won't dive deep into this because it can get overwhelming but there's basically three buckets that you could be aware of there's the so let me back up when you, as the business owner, you have to really consider yourself multiple things in your business. You're the business owner, so you're the employer, but you're also the employee inside of your business, so you're the employee side. Um, that may feel confusing to you, but it's important for this. So inside of the 401k, there is the employee side, which is you personally as the employee working in the business. And those work just like all your friends' 401ks at their Fortune 500 company or wherever they work. Um, they get to defer a portion of their salary that up to 19500 And whether they take the traditional one, they get, a, they get a tax write-off for it. Or they take the Roth, they get no tax write-off for it. But again, then they put the money in and they pay tax just that one time. Then you have your employer side. And now you can do that as like an employer match for yourself or a profit share at the end of the year. Again, you're profit sharing yourself a percentage of what you made. Um, again, that's to yourself as the business. Um, and then obviously that's a, a deduction for the business. Um, and then you have a, a third bucket, which is basically the, the after-tax employee contribution. And now I'm not gonna get into this at any more depth than basically just to say, this works similar to the backdoor Roth strategy that we talked about with the IRAs. It's called the mega backdoor Roth. Again, if you, I would Google these um, because there's a ton of information and I wouldn't do it justice to just spend a few minutes on a podcast on it when there's whole articles that are written to how to do these. Because again, these are complex tax strategies and um, if you don't follow them properly, then you're going to get yourself in trouble more than benefit. Um, but this mega backdoor strategy, if done properly, basically allows you to put $58,000 into a Roth IRA or the Roth post-tax side of your investments. Um, which again, what we talked about before, if you think that you're in a, a good tax year for whatever reason, or if you think that your tax year will be worse in the future, then you may be excited to put as many dollars as possible into the post-tax side of your investments and your assets. Um, so now when we're talking about these solo 401ks, it's important to note two things. One, the deadline to establish, you don't have to fund it, but you have to establish the plan, meaning the paperwork needs to be signed by 1231 of 2021. Um, again, you don't have to actually put the money in. Those are based on when you file your taxes. Um, so that could be April 14th for most people, but if you're an S corp, it's going to be the 15th of March. Um, but you need to have all that paperwork done by the 31st. And if you're considering doing this mega backdoor that we, we talked about again, you're not, not going to have a lot of time, um, 
from when you hear this to when you need to prepare um, to do that again, if you're like, well, I can put away 50,000 this year into my Roth if I, if I wanted to, um, this mega backdoor is the other thing that's on the chopping block with Congress. So to do it, you need to do it for the end of the year because you might wake up on January and this loophole has been closed. Um, so if you're looking at the backdoor Roth or this mega backdoor, get with a financial professional yesterday because they're going to have to scramble and get you squared away. Because again, this may this may still be open for 2022, but as the bill sits today, as we're as we're recording this, that's on the chopping block. That those loopholes will be closed unless the Senate um, removes those those um, items from the bill. And so, who knows if that'll happen or not? But let's do it while it's possible. If you want to do it, I'm not recommending it. I'm saying if you think it works for you, you have a time crunch. If you don't care about those, but you're like, hey, I do want to get this solo 401k. Um, there's a lot of options. Again, don't let any of these strategies, like putting a 401k for yourself or your employees, don't let them feel expensive because there there's some that are very affordable. And that's the most important thing you have to understand. Like these can be extremely affordable. There's some, the ones that have the bells and whistles that we sort of talked about, like some of these uh, exciting opportunities. Um, those are going to cost you more, but obviously they're, it's because they're going to give you more benefit. Um, another thing to mention with the solo 401ks versus the IRAs, you can take loans from them. Um, and again, I'm not going to get into the details of that, but it gives you the ability to borrow from your 401k and then you pay it back. Um, so again, it's another feature that the IRAs do not have. Um, and again, both of these have creditor protections. So we've gone through it, not that much content, but again, I want you to more than understand, like, cause again, there's, there's countless articles on Google. Like, I don't think I probably mentioned too many things that you haven't heard of before, whether or not you use them or, um, have evaluated why people are telling you to use them is maybe different, but that's what I'm hoping you're, you're gathering out of this is like your, your action step is to evaluate where you are today. So like, make sure you're sitting down for the end of the year and doing a tax projection, like where you think you're going to end up with your fitness business. And then obviously include all your other income as well, but where are you going to be tax wise at the end of the year? And then strategize, okay, do I strategically need my income or my, my tax situation to be better or worse. So I can't answer that for you because there's going to be personal financial goals that should drive that decision. So again, like I'll just run through some hypothetical scenarios. If you're a crypto person and you think that crypto is going to the moon, you may want vehicles that you are paying taxes on now so that you can invest in something that you think is going to the moon. Conversely, if you are in an extremely high tax situation right now, maybe you're in a high tax state, maybe you're like, okay, my business did 500,000, I'm in California, next year I'm moving to Texas, um, but, and then next year I plan to hire staff, whatever it is, you might be like, I really just wanna pay less taxes this year. That might be a conversation with your accountant and financial advisor saying, all right, let me maximize all the deductions I could in something like a solo 401k because those will give me the best bang for my buck. And I don't care because I'm going to pull the money out later 
and I'll be in Florida or Texas and have less tax implications there. Um, those are things you should be looking at. Again, like you might be staffing up and next year, you're not worrying about what your taxes are because you know you're going to have low profit. Um, or conversely, the opposite. Maybe you're like, all right, next year, I'm going to have a lot of profit. So now I'll just pay the taxes and and get the, the 401k. Uh, the, sorry, the, like the Roth 401k or whatever the case may be. Um, and then lastly, just as a recap, everything we talked about, these are these are vehicles for you to do what you want to do investment-wise. Again, you don't need to do what Wall Street tells you, which is to open up a 401k and invest in everything they recommend to you. You have the ability, if you decide to self-direct, to buy real estate in these. You can buy crypto. You can buy stocks and bonds, obviously. Um, but you, you can invest in private companies. So again, like if you have friends who are starting a company and you want to be a, an investor and you believe in what they're doing, your 401k, your IRA, your Roth IRA, all those are vehicles for investing. Now, again, it's not super easy. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but it's doable. So, But again, if the complexity is, in my opinion, worth it, if you know what you're doing and you have a, a friend who has a good business plan and you want to invest. So don't feel handicapped in that you're like, well, if I put money into a, into a brokerage account, it's mine. I can do whatever I want with it if I put it into a 401k, I'm restricted because now I can't do some of these investment deals that I, I have at my uh, disposal or opportunity. So uh, I hope this has been extremely helpful. And more, most importantly, a lot of these things that we're talking about. Um, oh, I should I should back up and mention, I don't think I did. Um, the 401k deadlines are 1231 for establishing it. Um, the IRAs, is April 15th. So for most years, even if you wanted to do that backdoor strategy, you have until April to fund all of these. Um, this is the only year where, again, if you're doing a traditional IRA, you have until April 15th. If you're doing a Roth IRA and you qualify income-wise, no problem. You have until April 15th to, to put the money in. If you're trying to do the exotic tax loopholes that Congress is trying to shut down, um, again, you have to scramble because it looks like you only have uh, till December 31st to, to do that. Um, so hopefully this is extremely helpful to you guys. Again, reach out to me if you need some help. The company is Darby Business Advisors. We focus on fitness entrepreneurs. This is what we do every day, having these conversations about whether we should be strategically saving taxes or how we're going to be buying assets in the most tax efficient way um, inside and outside of the business. Um, and we're happy to help again. This is this is what we do. We understand the, the fitness business and we're, we love helping you guys. So have a great day. Thank you for joining us this week on Building Your Wealth Muscle. Make sure you visit our website, DarbyBA.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value, we'd appreciate the ratings on iTunes or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us as well. For more information on the topics covered, you can follow Pat on Instagram at PatDarbyBiz. The download from this episode is available in the show notes. And if you want help building your wealth specifically, Pat Darby is currently taking private clients. The link to book a call is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.